Since we learned of them, we've been calling them the Dominators. In 1951, they appeared under the same sort of circumstances. A ship crash landed, little to no communication. We learned they were abducting humans to gather intel about us. They attacked, and hundreds of soldiers lost their lives. Then, for some inexplicable reason, they left. All contact had been lost until three months ago when the DOD received this. We pose no threat to human inhabitants. Understanding is our purpose. Any action against us, as shown to us in the past, will prompt swift retaliation. So when we discovered four ships heading towards Earth, we were concerned that it was happening all over again. Welcome to First Strike, the Invasion Podcast. This is episode 16. Uh, I'm Bass. I'm Siskoid. And uh, we're going to review the Invasion crossover from the CW universe, or the Arrowverse, or the Flareoverse, or the Supergirl Arrow Flashiverse. I don't know how we call it, but that's how we call it. We, we can't we can't call it the TV universe because Gotham's in there and you know all kinds of stuff. So it's it's not Gotham. Everything is just Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Last time we did promise to do Swamp Thing number eighty one. Yeah, Swamp Thing's on, and uh, then the TV schedule kind of yeah yeah you know imposed this on us kind of thing. So you you'll just have to wait, Swamp fans. Either have to wait, or uh, if you really like Swamp Thing, I recommend. One in four episodes of um, Midnight, the podcasting hour by our friend Ryan Daly here at the uh, Fire and Water Network. Although he, he's way back. It's, oh, yeah, you're yeah. Not, he's not even close to issue 81 of not even close. the you know, second series. But Swamp Thing will be there at episode uh, 17. Right. Bass is sort of um, hosting today because... Kind of, kind of. Siskoid's letting me uh, ride the big bike. <laughs> Because you're more up-to-date on the shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm way back. I'm like, um, Supergirl I watched until Christmas last year. Okay. So I haven't seen the last part of that season. And Okay. Have, uh, did you see the, the crossover f- episode with The Flash? No. No? So oh, I stopped a, just before then. That's a great so episode. I stopped just before then. And then I'm at least a year, I'm a year and a half off on the other shows. Okay. Because I watch them on DVD. I trade weight. Yeah, yeah, that's, the shows. that's fine. So Arrow, I haven't seen the previous season. You know what? I haven't seen previous season of Arrow either. This is the first year. Because Arrow is, is, I think Supergirl is my favorite show of, all, of this lot. Yeah. But Arrow is the one I started with. Uh, yeah. You know, I started the, at the, the beginning, and I think I've got more of a, uh, a loyalty to Arrow than to Flash. Uh, oh. and, or Legends, which I have not seen any of oh, well. before this point. I'll be uh, playing point. On this one, so because I'm kind of up to date, I've seen everything from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I've seen everything from The Flash. I'm up to date on Supergirl, also. Uh, Arrow. I'm kind of lagging on Arrow because I didn't really like Arrow for the first uh, five seasons. Uh, <laughs> well, for the first, no, not five seasons. This is the only season I've been really. But watching. don't you like Batman? I do, but I, uh, you know what? I'm I'm kind of batted out. And that's why I didn't really get into Arrow. There's a couple things that just hooked me up this year. I just I just couldn't let it go because I loved it. The trick arrows everywhere. I love those. I, I think uh, the Oliver Queen persona and the the Arrow persona are, are much more, I, from my taste, they're more different and likable in in their own ways. Um, so I really I'm really digging Arrow this year. Maybe I'll go back and watch some more Arrow, but this year I'm really digging Arrow, so I'm up to date with Arrow for this season. Of course, that was one of my main problems with this Invasion crossover. Yeah. Because because I'm not up to date, and but because 
I also want to watch these shows. Mm -hmm. There are some spoilers coming your way. Yes, and so I was already a bit grumbly about it that yeah. I could not possibly catch up in time yeah. to make the show uh, you know, uh, relevant and do it at the time. Yeah. Uh, so this is a sacrifice for me because I did get spoiled on a number and, of things. And you do hate spoilers. I'm one of those people who can, you know, I can go to bed with a spoiler and, you know, we can cuddle <laughs> and we'll be uh, up next morning and we'll be fine. But you can't do that. You have issues with spoilers. Well, I mean, I can, I can handle the spoiler, mm -hmm. but it does ruin it for me. Yeah, so the few things that I'd been spoiled already, mm -hmm. I mean, even on these shows, I was spoiled on a number of lines. You know, people repeated the lines on Facebook or... Well, your friends are kind of jackasses sometimes. My friends don't do that because you're the only one I talk to about well, these things. Well, my better friends <laughs> don't do that, but then I have horrible friends as well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our boys from the... No, I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. Marty is like you. Uh, yeah, me and Marty you know, were. The, the other guys from uh, Lonely Hearts are not spoiler phobes. <laughs> <laughs> as I am. But it really, when I hear the line back to me, I go, well, yeah, that would have been a nice moment yeah. if I didn't know about it already. You will have a couple lines spoiled. But over the course of the, the shows, one of the things that did happen was uh, especially, uh, we'll talk about it, obviously we'll talk about each of the episodes, yeah. but The Flash was particularly terrible for this, where they, they simply felt the need to recap everything yeah. that had gone on before, like the whole Flashpoint season, which I, yeah. I hadn't seen yet. So the one and they thing, keep repeating it, and it's not it's not important to the invasion plot. It's not you know, important. Let's let's talk about what happened before. God damn it! Why? I know, but you know what? Uh, since you really hated Flashpoint, uh, you still call it Flushpoint. You really I call hated it Flushpoint because I hated that that it turned the DC universe into the New Fifty Two. Yeah, yeah, and it, it and flushed away the and that's perfectly uh, genuine. Yeah. I don't. I didn't don't invent that term. That's all. Uh, I know. You Snell just... from Slay Monster Bot. <laughs> you really liked it though. But, yeah. So, but uh, this being said, I think the Flashpoint in the TV series is much better. And you'll probably like it more than the comic sure. book version. But all the fallout from Flashpoint, yeah. I already know about because they kept talking yeah. about it randomly. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of pissed me off uh, going in because it felt the need to spoil the backstory instead yeah. of just hinting at it. So that Because a crossover is the perfect place where people who are only watching one show yeah. might now start to watch the other show, sample the other show. But if you yeah. tell me everything I missed... Then there's no need to go back and buy those DVDs or yeah. So it's well, of, of course, this is because you really hate spoilers. Uh, from my yeah. perspective, uh, hearing spoilers most of the time uh, makes me want to see or understand how they brought this about. Just knowing something, a line, or knowing that Flashpoint, you know, did this or that. Uh, to me, it's it's not important really because I don't want to see. I don't want just the information. I want to see how it's told, how it's uh, delivered, how it's you know hinted. So th there's so much more in there than just the pure data. You see, I don't really mind spoilers, and that's just my perspective. Because these shows are already spoiled. Oh yeah, for, for me in the sense that I've read the original comics. Mm -hmm. So when you see a character show up, or you hear that a character will show up you kind of know already what they might do with the character. Yeah, because yeah. they'll go the same way the comics did or contrast it. But sometimes it'll be a twist. Yeah. Oh, they didn't go the way we thought. And yet, very often they will. Yeah. So you know that when, you know, it's... There's already some sort of... there. There is that already. There's a... So I don't need the extra layer of 
you know, letting me know what happened last time when it's not germane to the plot. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since the Flash episode yeah. was so full. It was like, it was, too, it's so busy, it was I don't need the padding. Yeah, there was a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your take on, just? And this is just me wondering though, yeah. uh, what's your take on all these uh, quote-unquote Easter eggs? Because they call everything an Easter egg now. Uh, if you see a court enterprises in the background somewhere, it's an Easter egg. Uh, how are you on, w- with all references? These yeah, Let's these call them references. I like references because Easter eggs are kind of hidden, and you kind of feel good when you find them. Uh, Some of these Easter eggs, quote unquote, yeah. aren't Easter eggs; they're just references to the exactly. comics. Exactly. Uh, others are yeah. Easter eggs, little things you might notice on the second or third viewing. Uh, I think the movies, uh, like the Marvel movies, do, do this. Yeah. Pretty well. They love doing that. Actually. Yeah, I mean, there's there was lots of stuff in uh, you know inside Doctor Strange's house, for yeah. example. If you know the comics, you recognize some of the artifacts. And when you're a, a comic book geek, you, you probably want to own these uh, movies just because of these things. It gives it a rewatchability. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you, so yeah. you know, it fuels fa- fan oh, yeah. lore and fan um, theories. Absolutely, that's fine as long as it doesn't interfere with the plot. Because sometimes I, there are films or TV shows where if you don't get the reference, then you're kind of lost in the plot. Yeah. So I would understand what's happening probably because, uh, you, you know, comic book nerd. But the people around you, the muggles, don't really get it. Yeah. And they should. The, the movie should, any story should, you know, should work without the referencing. I totally agree. Uh, at the same time, I don't want all referencing to be... Uh, exactly like the comics, reference the comics exactly. And these shows do it. There's a lot yeah. of reinvention. There's a lot of, uh, you know, reimagining of things. What I want from an adaptation is adaptation. Adaptation. I don't want to see, uh, this, this is my problem with, uh, movies like, uh, Sin City. Yeah. Or, which uh, I did three, like, but I mean, or 300. 300 is the other example. Or Watchmen. Yeah. That awful yeah. Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, they kind of change the ending, but it yeah. doesn't really matter. The shot for shot. Yeah. stuff doesn't interest me. If I feel there's not enough adaptation, I get bored. Yeah, cause, because cause, I know the original exactly. Um, you know, source material. If I and, don't know the source material, then it doesn't matter. And there's an appreciation of the artwork and you know, creating an adaptation. Well, it takes a certain extra. I, I, I'll say art to it. Well, um, it's the same thing with the, it's back to my thoughts on spoilering, because if I already know the story, mm-hmm. then the story's all spoiled, right? I already know Watchmen yeah. in that example. I've read it several times. I know it. Yeah. If you then simply make it come to life, you make the frames move, Yeah. am I getting enough that it, that is more or different than what I got in the book? Well, you're seeing pictures move. See, yeah. Big deal. So Yeah. That's my thing with all these new Disney movies coming out. You know, The, the live action cartoons. The live action cartoons. The cartoons. I don't see why they're doing this because the cartoons were great. And to me, that was enough. But when I asked one of my uh, then co-workers, when Cinderella came out, I said, I said, why would you want to go see it when you've seen it? You know this movie. You're just going to see just, you know, real people doing what cartoons did. And she said, well, that's exactly why I want to see it. And I just, I just <laughs> didn't understand, really. Well, of course, she doesn't work with us anymore. Okay. Not because of that. I, but, you know. well, I feel like we're getting way off. Yeah, yeah. Back to Invasion. Uh, yeah. But Invasion is, the... is, is an adaptation of yeah. a story that we've been chronicling over the past yeah. uh, last 15 episodes. And with probably another you know, 30 to come. Yeah, number four, another four years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Actually, I think we can cover this in two and a half years 
overall. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think so. All right. I think this is. I'm a, down with that. I can do this a... for another two years. <laughs> okay. So this is an adaptation of a story we know. Yes. Obviously, it's a reimagining. Obviously, they're not, and I do. And this is exactly what my point was going to be: is that I not only do I re- require adaptation to be different from the source material, but obviously it means that I will not be uh, disappointed solely based on the fact that they changed the story. Yeah, I want you to change the story. Obviously, That's, yeah. I I want that. So, how are you going to tell Invasion, which was a sprawling crossover? It was huge. In the comics, it covers, you know, Everything. more properties. It would be, you know, if, if in the comics, the, the crossover with, um, I don't know, 20 different titles, then to recreate that would be two or three episodes of 20 series. Exactly. Would cover the invasion. It would be too huge to even right. think of. But was it huge enough? And that's what we'll, we'll explore here because it's yeah. a smaller universe. It is. Sure. But it's still got, I mean, we had like, you know, a lot of characters on screen together. So it was big on the side of the heroes. Was it? But was it invasion? Mm-hmm. Was it invasion, or was it just an invasion? Well, that's what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Was it invasion, or was it an invasion? And this is what we're gonna discuss, actually. Right. Okay. Do you remember last year when um, I helped you out, and you promised to do the same for me? What are we up against? We want to get into maybe Supergirl. Uh, not much. Yeah. No. Supergirl. I actually did not watch. Yeah, I, I only watched the tail end, yeah. and then the, that same footage was reused in Flash, so it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, but what they tried to do is include Supergirl. It was part of the crossover, but I think it was just just to to see basically vibe vibe things. You know, the watery sploosh things mm. just appear all over the place and and interfere with Supergirl's usual you know uh, shenanigans. Right. So basically, Supergirl. Really comes in the Flash episode. This felt not like an invasion tie-in, but like uh, Legends. In Legends, you would often have, oh, in the background, stuff is happening that is about the Legends crossover. I don't mean Legends of Tomorrow. I mean the 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 Legends Legends. crossover. There's a comic book Legends. If you don't know, there's Uh, a comic book Legends. And if you're interested, Views from the Long Box by our good friend Michael Bailey uh, has just run a four- episode series on Legends covering the whole crossover. Oh, he's, cool. he's done exactly what we, we're doing, but in four wow. bites. I participate in that. I talk about the Cosmic Boy parts of it. Okay. But my criticism that I level at, at Legends is that a lot of the issues that had the Legends banner did not really have any Legends action. What was not tied to the actual crossover. It's just in the background. People are displeased. In the background, there's a TV. And on TV, you see that Legends is happening. Mm-hmm. And yet, they put the banner on there so that you'd buy the comic. And then it has nothing to do with Legends. Oh, that's disappointing. That happened a lot. It, it, Legends was like that. It's like one of the first crossovers. How we're doing this. We're trying to sell the entire new DC universe. It's the first crossover after Crisis merged all the Earths. Okay. okay. Fine. Fine. I understand it from a marketing point of view. Uh, <laughs> but we're not into marketing. Are you into comic books for the marketing of it? No, you're not. Yeah. See, that's... But Invasion, I thought, did this very well. Where, yeah. you know, a large portion of the action has to do with the invasion yeah. each time. And if... And I, well, eventually we'll do an episode where we talk about the comics that didn't cross over. You know, where the hell are the Titans? Where the hell is exactly. Green Arrow in the comics? Uh, some, some comics did not cross over. So if they couldn't cross over... They're just not included in the crossover, which, you know, is more honest. You know, if they are involved, 
then they're actually are involved. They're fighting aliens. They're part of it. Yeah. So Supergirl was sort of... I probably expected too much from it. I think you did. Because it's on another channel. Yeah. It's not real. It's not a CW show. It's a Berlan- It's a Greg Berlanti show. It's not a CW show. Well, it is now. Is it? Uh, no, it, it's still on another, another channel. It's huh? on CW now. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's well, been picked up. It, it got. Then it has no excuse for what it did. Well, it, they're still in an, a separate universe. She's on uh, right. in universe uh, what thirty four or thirty eight? Thirty eight. Earth thirty eight. But fine. And yet. And yet. And yet. Yeah. You know, she they acknowledge that the Dominators exist in the Supergirl universe. Yeah. They, they mention uh, it. Yeah. Actually, they they talked about it in the Flash episode where they uh, uh, she mentions that they did. Go to Krypton. She heard about that when she was yeah, young. Yeah, they tortured. And they tortured people know. and killed people, and they're not nice folk. So if there are Dominators in on Earth 38, or Krypton 38, and there are Kuns on that world, why don't we see Kuns in the invasion? Yeah. yeah. That's the first part of it, is that the Dominators are alone in this. It's an invasion by the Dominators. There is no alien alliance, which to me is one of the crucial elements of invasion yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Uh, and the, there could have been. There could have been. There, yeah. there could have been because, uh, well, although Daxum, spoiler alert, there's a thing with Daxum. Well, you're up to you're up to par with uh, Supergirl. No. no, you're not. There's a thing with Daxum because uh, Monel's in the Supergirl yeah, show. So there's a thing with Daxum. So maybe the Daxamites couldn't have been part of the invasion, although. Well, it's the what, other what, Earth's invasion. So exactly. They could have had different Daxamites. They could have. Daxamites had. have already been introduced, just yeah. as. Kuns have already been introduced. You yeah. just have to port them over to the other universe. Yeah. And for Arrow and Flash, it's the first time they meet Kuns. Yeah. For Supergirl, she goes, oh, yeah, I know these guys. And they could have been like shock troops uh, in the thing. And the, the, the design already exists. It's not yeah. like we're asking you to build another costume or, you know, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But the thing is, I'm, th- I'm thinking probably it was uh, that decision to not have uh, the Kuns and uh, everybody else. Because um, they got the Nagarians. They've got Tanagarians, and people didn't like them. That's why they're not on Legends anymore. Uh, exactly. But they do, it's, it's, they, it's your chance to have Arrow shoot but, Tanagarians. But they're, they're not really Tanagarians, <laughs> okay, are they? Okay. They're, it's that before he got rebooted okay. or retcon thing with with the Hawk people, <laughs> okay. they're they're ancient. And Egyptians. They have the, yeah, oh, okay. exactly. So they're not right. really Tanagarians. I, I, I'm sure they had all these discussions in the draft rooms. All of a sudden, they said, okay... But the thing is, in the uh, Flareoverse, they don't have aliens. This is the first contact with aliens. Yes. So this is a new thing, and maybe they... I'm saying maybe. I'm, uh, maybe they thought too many aliens would have been too much for the regular viewer. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. If Supergirl were to be actually in the... Mm-hmm. She is in the crossover, but the character. But if the show had been a crossover, then that final scene should have been the opening scene. And then she goes to the Arrowverse... Right up front, and frankly, should have brought the Martian Manhunter. Oh, I agree. Uh, and Miss Martian. Uh, you, and, know, you know, because one of the, another of the things is that, uh, and this is inevitable, but I started counting the number of characters, because there are a lot of characters involved. Yeah. I start counting the number of characters that were actually involved in Invasion, and there are like two. There's <laughs> Wally West, who's yeah. out of costume in this. And not the same Wally West, but at least it's a Wally West. Yes, it's, it's not Wally. the same Flash. It's you know, it's not the same Flash, but it's it's a Wally, Wally West. There's a Wally West in the original Invasion, and then there's um, who was the other one? You know, it's uh, the other one was Professor Stein. Professor Stein, kind yeah. of, kind of. It's not the same Firestorm. It's not the same Firestorm. Yeah. See, it's it's like 
nobody nobody that took part in the original yeah. invasion is actually on these shows including Supergirl who yeah. denies this Vibe was dead um, uh, the other actual invasion player is the Atom Ah, that's yeah, it, that's yeah. It. But this is once again, this is not, <laughs> this is not our Ray Palmer Adam. This is not Professor Palmer. This is but Ray Palmer, if, the if, inventor. Even if he's Ted Cord in disguise, Ted yeah. Cord was in Invasion. So. Yeah, okay. so that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. He's like the only one. He's the only superhero <laughs> who is anyway. It's really a full-fledged reimagining mm-hmm. of Invasion. I think we're beyond adaptation at this point. So it's a reimagining. For the record, I didn't hate it. I kind of enjoyed it. I bought it. I thought uh, it was a mess. Oh, well, you probably... It's not, did, it's not I a was, spoiler thing. I thought it actually was on a writing level. It was rather because messy. of... They should have really concentrated on the invasion. They should have resolved or, you know, give Wally the suit there and have Which Wally... Which happened in the next episode. Next right? episode, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, give him his suit there. This should this should have been like a glorious moment for right. Wally. A baptism by fire for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm thinking. Well, instead, Supergirl gets a signal device or... <laughs> Well, she gets a free pass to the Arrowverse. Yeah, but and, and we'll get to that at the end, where how they actually beat the invaders. If Wally was part of this, it would have been faster. It would have been quicker for... Because instead of having a Barry cover half the Earth and Supergirl cover half the Earth, they would have been one-third, one-third, one-third. would have been easier, simpler. Uh, I'm thinking... Uh, one thing that I really didn't really like is that we didn't have any villains in there from anywhere except Heatwave well he's not really counting I'm not counting Heatwave because he's a nice guy I know he's kind of rough but he did shine through this <laughs> but you know uh, you, you didn't see any villains saying oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa. what's this invasion crap you know uh, why didn't we see the, the Legion of Doom maybe, maybe do something ally themselves with the superheroes just to take care of these guys and then go on their way you know but other than that I was fine with it. What was so urgent? You had to rush to Star City. Aliens. 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 I swear to God, Mary. My life was somewhat normal before I met you. I lied. I'm sorry. Look, okay, they're real, and they're already here, and from what Lila told us, it does not appear to be for peace. Oh, no. Well, Lila knows about this. Lila, yeah, she came to... Where are you? I called Thea. Yeah, I, uh, I came to have you sign this before city council went into mutiny, but that can totally wait. Count me in. For what? I thought you were tired. Yeah, but it's... it's aliens. Oh, that is so cute. You guys are just gonna get together and go fight some aliens. Have you lost your mind? They're aliens, and there's only four of you. Not if we get Stein and, you know, all the others. They're calling themselves the Legends. Egotistical, but catchy. Do you know who they are? I know where they were. Okay, well, let's talk about the Flash. All right, episode. Flash episode. What? Uh, uh, what happened in that? Uh, well, Ex- aside from everything. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, in the Flash episode. There's a lot of talking about the Flashpoint because Flashpoint goes through every universe because it changed something in every universe, and I think they wanted to bring that up there. Of course, when Flashpoint happens, the only person that's that knows all of this is Wally. And the Legends, because they're outside the time stream, they come back to something different. Uh, Flashpoint only really affects Wally. You know, and you know, Cisco's all, eh, you killed my brother, but he didn't kill his brother. His brother died in this universe. 
Uh, but, but Cisco gets... Well, don't don't you spoil know. everything that they didn't actually recap. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what well, the fuck? Okay, so... I, I'm sorry. I, yeah. just, I get... I'm no, I, I, I get all that. And yeah, Professor yeah. Stein's got a daughter. That's all the Flashpoint. The only reason Flashpoint is at all important is that it's revealed in the Legends of Tomorrow episode yeah. that the reason the Dominators are interested in Earth right now it's and in our of- metahumans is because Barry broke the timeline. Yeah. And it's like, uh, humanity, you're too dangerous. Yeah. For me, that was kind of a, uh, there's a big question mark on that thing. Uh, just because if he changed history, he basically changed the universe. So these, how do they, how do they know? How do they know? And are they able to, you know, bend time? Are they, you know, how, how do, how would you know that? That's one of the plot hole. Yeah. It's a big plot hole. I, I didn't, I didn't get, I just went with it because, you know, they're superheroes. I just went with it. But yeah. So it's the introduction uh, of the Dominators. Yeah, this is not the Dominators we're used to seeing in the comic book. Uh, They are scary, but they are very much uh, warrior like. They're more physical. Yeah. That's why, you know, they don't have the Kuns. They're not masterminds. They're, they found a reason to call them Dominators uh, because they've got like hypnotic control. Yeah, they can control. They They put the dot on your forehead and then you're. Mind controlled, yeah. So that it can turn into a Marvel team up yeah. thing where the heroes fight each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was kind of that was kind of fun though, because uh, although I'm not really into, well, not for the DC universe. I like the DC universe to have, you know, like the good guys always fight the bad guys because the bad guys are always fun in the DC in the DC universe, which is I don't think really true within uh, the Marvel universe. But that I'm not starting a fight. I'm just saying that's how I see it because I always like you know seeing hero versus hero in the Marvel universe, and I love it. But in the DC universe, I'm like, meh, meh, meh. I don't, I don't but, really care. I mean, who else are they going to fight? Exactly. But this fight was kind of cool. Seeing Barry and Arrow go against basically everyone else. Because the Dominators, they put this uh, mind control thing on everybody, including Supergirl. This is where uh, Mick uh, Heatwave bends and says, help, do something, Supergirl. Because he said he, was he said he'd never do that. He, he said he'd never call her Supergirl and she won. And everybody went, really, you're going to do that? I just love that. But anyways, uh, so yeah, so Barry and Arrow against the other supers. Uh, I, you know, normally, and it should be like that, Barry went up against, you know, the Atom, uh, Firestorm, Supergirl, the big guns, and Arrow went versus everybody who stays on the ground, which is which is fine. It was fun. There's a lot of nice action, and, you know, there's a lot of money that went to that in these uh, sequences. I was, I was, you know, fulfilled. Yeah, this is cool. But and, you know, and it's they a, killed the president. And they killed the president. But we didn't care about this president. We didn't know, I don't know him. who he is. We don't know him. Who cares about that guy? So he died, you know, off off stage. We didn't even see. We we saw something hit the car, but we, you know, the, yeah. there wasn't any. So I think they kind of understood that we didn't really care about the the president. And you know what? This one kind of erased the stakes. And then well, they have Lila, the um, the head of Argus. Yeah, the head of Argus from Arrow, who um, basically takes on the Amanda Waller role yeah. from the comics, which is another failed opportunity. I don't know if I mean I don't know if anything happened to Amanda Waller in the year I didn't see. I didn't see. I don't know. But um, Amanda Waller, this was a chance to have Amanda Waller there. Yeah. And she's in the comics, and then she's not anyway. Whatever. Again, it's I like Lila as a character. Yeah, I love her. But um, but she's no Waller. I mean. Yeah, and if you're going to rope different characters into a mission, that seems to be an Amanda Waller thing to do. Yeah, very much But so. maybe the uh, she's too antagonistic to Arrow. They're, they've got a, like a shared history that's pretty terrible. So it, it's probably fine. But 
Mm, again, yeah. it's a little. But at missed. least she would have been this, uh, you know, nod that we we're you know allies against the bigger threat. But I still don't like you, mm. and uh, that would have been. I think that would have been uh, interesting and fun to have. Instead of just, you know, everybody always on the same page just because they're all heroes. But Flash was, for me, probably the weakest. I mean, Supergirl, let's say Supergirl doesn't count. It doesn't count. Flash was the weakest. Yeah. Because there's so much happening and yet so many breaks to just to talk about the melodrama and yeah. the angst of the characters and recapping everything. And then, you know, so it's it's all set up. And then there's that big fight. But nothing really happens in... It feels like there's too much happening, and at the same time, part of that is padding. It is. Well, the only good thing that came out of it was Barry's redemption in the eyes of the other heroes. Except for Vibe, of course. But everybody else said, you know what, we didn't trust you because of all that, but now we're with you. So, so basically, that that's just like a... The formula was to just get Barry as the or a leader in these things because you know because he he was acting like a leader off the bat when he when they came over and and told him that uh, dominators were coming and everything uh he looked pretty much in charge of the whole flash team yeah he's the one that recruited all the heroes i kind of like i did like this one yeah i did like the the bit where um they nominate barry to be the leader because they don't really trust arrow but then he always defers to the arrow Mm mm-hmm Oliver's always telling him what to say, and then he yeah. says it, and they're just going. So, uh, <laughs> white, white canary's hilarious. So, so why, why do we? Yeah, is this, so is this how it's going to work? Do we pretend we don't hear him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was, yeah. I just love her. I'm really in love with this woman. Uh, white canary, she's awesome. All right, uh, we'll take a small break, just a short break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about Arrow and the Legends of Tomorrow. My name is Michael Bailey. And I am still kind of a bad geek. Not a fan of anime. Never seen any of the Harry Potter films, much less read the books. I ventured a little further into the worlds of Star Wars and Star Trek. And I've even managed to watch a little Doctor Who. I've also managed to not watch a single episode of The Walking Dead. So what do I like? Comic books. I have been reading and collecting comic books since 1987 and I've been a fan of superheroes for as long as I can remember. Some would consider this a hobby, but I prefer to look at it as what it truly is, a crippling addiction that I may never recover from. Back in 2007, I started a podcast called Views from the Long Box to deal with this borderline personality disorder. Every week or so, I pick a particular comic or issue or character or whatever to talk about them, and then, well, I, I talk about them. It's Kind of what a podcast is. Sometimes I'm alone. Sometimes I'm joined by my semi-regular co-host, the Irredeemable Shag, or Thomas DJ, and the permanent semi-regular co-host, Andrew Leyland, and sometimes another friend from the podcasting and comic book world stops by to chat. The show is located at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com, where you can find old episodes and show notes and links to my other internet endeavors. You can also find the show on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter under the handle at Bailey's Podcasts. Views from the Long Box, a podcast about comic books or a desperate cry for help. You decide every Tuesday or so at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com. There was a fight. There was five of us, and then, and then we were taken. Taken where? I don't know. 
All right, there were five of us. Who were the other two? Ray Palmer and and Thea. I mean, if this is some kind of dream or shared hallucination, then how do we wake up? By getting out of here. Uh, we're back. This is a First Strike the Invasion podcast. We are talking about the big TV crossover, and we're up to Arrow right now. Uh, we've talked about Flash and Supergirl. Uh, Arrow, this was the, the uh, 100th episode of Arrow, so huge episode. Um, it felt more like it was more important to do a 100th episode tribute to the past than really participate in Invasion in this. I totally agree. They're basically doing for the man who has everything. Yeah. Uh, which Supergirl already did in the first season <laughs> the, yeah. with the Black Mercy. They've kidnapped, at the end of the other episode, they kidnap all the non-superpowered heroes, reverse of the comics, and then they they put them in suspended animation and give them a virtual world where they're all happy. Yeah, basically. They giving, all get what they want. They get the alternate reality that they never had. Yeah, and that gives the show the ability to uh, use all the characters that died in Arrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so everybody you know reconnects with mom and dad and um, and whoever else. Where's Roy? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> where's Roy? Oops. Contract dispute, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? It felt really out of the invasion, although they used invasion and maybe... Well, when we cut away from the virtual reality, yeah. we're invasion with the other characters. Yeah, and they're in space, and that's this is like a cool thing. Yeah. But of course, the entire episode is more of a big what-if flashback, which is great. I mean, for the man who had everything... It's, As a standalone, I think it worked better. It worked great. It, it worked well, although some of the writing for me was a little iffy. Like, you know, like Thea uh, going on about, um, uh, but maybe this is our reward and she wants to stay in the VR yeah. reality. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. If you well, know it's fake and if you know that you're in a, you know, in a alien bottle and this is all going to end at any time they're just gonna they're not gonna leave you there for like your next 70 years of your life she's she's basically cypher from the matrix who wants to be plugged back in because you know what he's tired of the porridge and he wants to eat fake steak and innocence is bliss and i think that's the message behind thea in there but cw shows often do this where the, the characters are just Reveling in the in the angst and the melodrama, and it seems like nobody can convince them. The arguments are so easy against their point of view, mm-hmm. but nobody ever brings this up. Like it should be easy for Oliver to say, "Well, screw well, this. I'm just going to unplug everything." Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Oliver did that in the Flash episode to to Barry with the whole, you know, get over yourself with the Flashpoint. Anybody or everybody would have done it. So why doesn't it? happen yeah you know to the so other some stuff like that or when yeah. they, you know they went they, they've been beamed away and then they go we're in space where else are you gonna beam to have you never watched <laughs> an episode of star trek yeah but you, you not live you in a universe where <laughs> you don't where we have the that. same pop culture if somebody beamed you up you wouldn't you wouldn't they didn't beat me sideways they beam me up <laughs> anyway well but yeah. it's all it's, it's you yeah. know it's, it's kind of stuff like that i think it's, it's, it's you know Okay, let's do another draft of the script, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll concede. To the that. previous episode had like uh, uh, heat beams hitting a wall, and yeah. Arrow saying, "What's that?" Oh, heat vision. After we saw yeah. Supergirl using her powers on everyone, yeah. So he knows what freaking heat vision. Anyways, yeah. See they, how I, I get like really riled up. Yeah, uh, you do. You do. I didn't even notice that. 
Oh, I know why we never watch movies together. Like this, <laughs> like, like the other thing, okay? Yeah. Like this, okay, so... I am enjoying this. So though. Arrow has has added junior vigilantes of late. Yeah. As I, as I understand from looking at it, right? Yeah. So the show here has Mr. Terrific. Yeah, he's not terrific yet. He's maybe Mr. Mess so-so. Mr. Pretty Okay. Well, there's... He needs to get terrific pretty quick. He's the scientist. Yeah. And then there's Ragman. Yeah. Who is... Super powered. He should be in there. I have no problem with him being there. Okay. So yeah. Ragman is there. Yeah. And he represents like a religious voice yeah. to Mr. Terrific's uh, atheistic, uh, secular yeah. uh, science voice. And then there's Mad Dog, who's just like angry. Okay. Yeah. So I know these he's, characters in the comics. Yeah, so there's no he's problem. Uh, early Ollie. He's just angry and wants to shoot people. So what's the deal with... The Dominators, this is revealed in the Arrow episode, yeah. the Dominators' language is a heck of a lot like the Torah, the Jewish Torah, so as if to give Ragman something to do, mm-hmm. you know, to, to notice this, and then uh, then that sort of kind of not really helps them with the translation matrix they're going to need to talk to the ship's <laughs> computers. It's like that, you know, that... A terrible bit in Independence Day. Well, you know what? Mac compatible yeah. spaceship of the aliens, even though Mac isn't compatible <laughs> with any fucking thing ever. Okay. So this is the most in- <laughs> it's beautiful. Because I thought that was interesting. It was. But it didn't seem to have a connection. It's not like uh Hebrew. Yeah. It is Hebrew. And then why is it Hebrew? And then that's never Well, they overpowered the thing and it it blew up. And- yeah, but why did the Dominators write their computer code in Hebrew? Oh, because aliens. <laughs> okay, so aliens invented... Religion. This yeah. is what we're Human saying. society, that's what we're saying? That's what we're saying. <laughs> I don't think that's aliens. what we're saying. I think it's just like that's, a weird... That was kind of weird, and it was kind of a weird thing to bring up if it's not going to pan out. And I... <laughs> I, uh, I, You know what? I kind of saw that coming, though. For some odd reason, when they said, well, it's kind of like the writings from the Hebrew and the what, and I was like, yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work. And it didn't work for, I don't know why, it just felt weird and kind of just, you know, like a little plot point to get Ragman into it. Yeah. But that's it. Bigger question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. I'm really enjoying this. Bigger question. Yeah. The whole deal with taking the non meta humans, putting mm. them in VR. Apparently, to probe their minds and get the information on the metahumans, ostensibly. Yeah, yeah, basically. Why? Well, sure. Let's get some intel, and it's easier to capture the non-metahumans. Yeah, okay. But then the VR isn't exactly chock full of information. What do they learn from... So are, is the VR just like a distraction while their I think memories is. are being probed somewhere else? I think I so think they don't notice. Is that what that is? I the way I I can uh, no prize the shit out of this stuff. Oh well, yeah. But it's it's not actually said. It's not said, and, and you kind of have to figure out by yourself what this is and why they're in there and why they're kept sedated or happy. Is there something more? Is there uh, are they probing subconscious? And putting, you know, semi-conscious thoughts in their brains. And it's never really brought up. We don't really know. They say that's what it's for. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mesh with what we see. It's not like they're... So basically... They're made to talk about... Yeah, exactly. So they've been basically plugged into a Matrix-type thing where they just live 
So what's the deal with that? Why, why, maybe it's a, well, I hate saying the maybe it's a, maybe it's a, because mm-hmm. it, it has to be said. It, something has to tell us what it I is. I mean, there's such a thing as ambiguity, which is fine. Yeah, it's fine. But, the, you know, there's a line between ambiguity and a plot hole. Yeah. It's not the same. Finally, my last uh, complaint. <laughs> yeah, I really did like this episode better than than the rest. I mean, as an Arrow episode, I got it. Yeah, know? it was a great Arrow episode. But as a, you know, it's a what if. I love what ifs. Yeah. And you got, you know, Felicity Smoke is running her own business. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you, you see what everybody's dreams are kind of, you know, Ray ends up with her. Yeah. As he wanted. And, and the people who they love are alive. And yet, you know, you still got fucking Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> theirs it's, well, it's, I, it's like a weird okay is, is Thea is the secret out in this universe like Thea is talking to her real dad and also her, her fake dad's there and everybody's a happy family Ah, well I think it is I think in in her uh, for her wants it, yeah, yeah uh, that's what she wants so it seems like natural for everyone and nobody fights you know but she actually does fight them it would have been pretty funny if there had like been two Felicity Smokes because mm. Arrow was in love with her as well. Yeah. So now he's marrying Black Canary, Laurel, in the, in the dream. And Ray gets Felicity. But, you know, couldn't they... they... Couldn't there have been a Felicity who's not with anybody in just this... And Ray still is marrying Felicity because <laughs> yeah. that's his thing. Uh, in the same universe. Yeah. Uh, they're having like a... See, that's where they could have had glitches. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, all of a sudden there are two Felicities and somebody else goes, well, wow, woof. What? Wait. Here's the glitch that I disliked. The, the way they wrote Supergirl in this episode. I felt she and um, Barry were a little smug about their powers. Like the other, the more normal heroes are going, like Mad Dog doesn't trust metahumans, whatever. My damage is that people like you two have the power of gods, yet you think you can make the world a better place just by putting on a fancy costume. And the reaction is really like... No, we... We think we make the world a better place because of what we do. It it felt so smug. They made me dislike Supergirl, which you should never do. Well, the thing is, that's not how Supergirl in this universe, or Superman, or in the comic books, uh, would react. She would probably, um, in... in, I don't know how to say this without sounding uh, like... If I know everything, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. That's the way I usually speak. So. I, but I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking she should have. You know, she understands him. She knows that he's scared of her, and that's what super people do. I mean, Superman, he doesn't puff his chest up when somebody's scared. He, you know, says, you know, no, no, don't. We, we, we're trying, just like you are. And right. he, he they, they appeal to. He, the, Tried they to talk relate. about their own humanity. Yeah, he tried to relate, yeah. not not you know puff your chest and you know act smug, and I think that's what happened. And it, it, same thing with Barry. Barry went. I don't know why Barry. It seems strange. Kind of was strange. I, I maybe that was a dream too. Was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But no. yeah, yeah, that's a little bit. Uh, uh, well, there was a flashpoint. Now everybody's fucking new fifty two up. <laughs> everybody's what happened. That's everybody's the year I missed. That's the year of shows I missed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is great. I enjoy seeing you <laughs> all riled up like this. All right. Can we talk about <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow? What an unusual gift. You appear to be a metahuman as well. Yeah, well, I figured you cut me some slack seeing as how we saved you back in 1951. Remember that? Much has changed on your planet in the last 60 years. The threat of your kind 
has become imminent. Listen, E.T., we're not a threat. Metas are protecting this planet. Besides, the guy who tortured your ugly ass back in 1951 was human. But what happens when a man like him inherits abilities like yours? We have seen it happen on countless other worlds. Which is why we must exterminate your kind before the scourge of your planet becomes the scourge of ours. Let's talk about Legends of Tomorrow. Because here the, the plot picks up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're back to... Yeah, the, the heroes we're are all... The dream yeah, we're states. out of the dream. The heroes are all together again. Yeah, this is the final act. And the Dominators are going to pull the... Well, yes and no. I mean, it's... They're going to, you know, do the, their final solution on Earth or whatever it's going to be. And the Legends are go back in time mm-hmm. to find a crucial component. It's just like plot, plot, plot. But, yeah. you know, it works. They go back in time because the Nominators were with us in the 1950s. Yeah. They, they went, they, they had a scouting mission or something like that. Yeah. They were drawn by the, the existence of the JSA. Yeah. And now they're back because there's a new wave of superheroes, of yeah. humans. Which makes sense. I mean... It does. In the comics... I mean, there's a lot of superheroics before the Dominators take an interest. Of course. But maybe some of our heroes are going out in the stars and screwing shit up. Yeah. So, you know, it's time to intervene. Yeah. They've, they're studying the metagene, <clears throat> all of that. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of where uh, we kind of touch on the original invasion, the comic book invasion, where they came over here because of the metahumans and because they felt a threat from metahumans. And I and I feel that's where we kind of connected the two invasions. Just for a brief moment. Then, you know, it's, yeah. it, well, it do, goes back to... Once they're done with the, the thing in the past, which connects to the present and uh, in some way kind of caused it, sort of. Yeah, I think yeah. the I think they would have sent another scouting mission. Because if the Dominator had escaped in the 50s, instead of being captured... Then he wouldn't have gone back and said, well, they've got metahumans, okay, and they would have sent a ship. And Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think there's much to that that, oh, shit, we caused it. But um, we caused it all along. Well, it, it I wasn't, mean, it's true. It was important it's not for, true. It was important for the Cisco point. You know, to realize, yeah. To realize that, you know what, you're demonizing Barry because he went back in time to do something very human. And he stepped on a butterfly on the way. And yeah. Uh, which is basically what, you know, it's, you cause, you also cause changes, maybe. It's not clear to me as a time travel and paradox expert. Self-defined. Yeah, yeah, of course. But... Uh, <laughs> But I think all this of them. one's not clear to me. You know, if I went, if I tracked it, I'm not sure. Like Cisco caused the invasion, unless well, they had not rescued the Dominator that they themselves captured. So, see, that's it. Yeah. If the Dominator had been downed, no matter what, the government grabs the Dominator, no matter what, and then the Dominator dies on Earth, the scouting mission never comes back, and then it's in. Invasion. And maybe it's not an invasion. Maybe it's just... Oh, well, I don't think that how scout mission... I think I think when <laughs> When you send scouts, a scout and it doesn't come back... If it doesn't come back, you go get I, it. I don't know. I don't know. Do I attack? Well, I think you would. I, I, I put my finger in the hole. <laughs> I lost a finger. Yeah. Do I go myself entirely into the hole? No, no. You go get some guns, then you mm. go into the hole. Okay. Or you get, you know, a baseball bat and you hit the hole till something comes out. But So, so the show is true to itself. I think I so. I mean, it's a time travel show yeah. with superheroes. They go back in time. 
Yeah, uh, none of these legends are the legends that I knew existed. No. Like Citizen Steel and Vixen. And it's, a, it's a new thing. Except for Heat Wave uh, and Firestorm. Yeah. These aren't characters I knew were in the team. Well, okay. I Legend, mean, that shows... Characters. Well, the only people who changed, really, was, uh, you know, uh, Snart's not there anymore. Catapult's Snart's not, not there. there. And, and... Rip Hunter's not there. Rip, Rip's not there. And... The two Hawks aren't there. Yeah. Oh, they but, got White, White Canary. Yeah, okay. But White Canary's yeah. there. Adam's there. Okay, that's true. Uh, that's true. So there's really just, just... They just don't go back in time. Vixen, yeah. That's Vixen why it's... And, yeah, yeah, they don't go back. But Vixen and uh, Citizen Steel, Steel is, are the two only new people, the okay. rookies. okay. Um, I really liked how they showed like uh, Vixen's powers when she eventually uses them. You oh, know, yeah. make the elephant appear on top of her and yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. cool. And and you know, in the latest, there's a well, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you, but okay. they they keep on doing this cool stuff with this power, and I I really like her. I like her a lot more than the Hawk people, but the Hawk people were kind of you know. Well, they, you've always hated the Hawk people. I always hated you, them. You hate them in the comics. I hate them. At, you know what? I hate the action figures. I hate. Oh everything. man, man, I've got a, I've got the superpower. The, o- man. the only I no, I had him too, but the only I ripped a wing off. Uh, oh. The only the only Hawkman I really like is in the Lego DC superheroes movie JLA versus Bizarro League, and this one Hawkman <laughs> has a hawk ship. <laughs> and he makes a shield so the Bizarro beam doesn't hit the earth and he goes caw, caw, caw. Okay. and this is the Hawkman I oh, like I like this Hawkman because he's in the Hawk ship doing the Hawk sh- and everything's Hawk and I love that guy but the all the other Hawk people I do not like I know it's kind of, it sounds racist Hawk people racism I, I don't like the Hawk people and and but I gave him a chance I was like I want to like the Hawk people but they're, they're also self-absorbed all the time it's all about them 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 and this, this little bubble this Hawk bubble and all I right. just I, I think I've got a you've given me a challenge which is to find you a, a nice Hawk thing a nice Hawk thing to read well I have so many good things to read sure. why would I want the so, Hawk so the read? challenge must be that the Hawk read cannot be long well, I can't give you like a 30 issue series. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to read three. It's no more than <laughs> the equivalent of three comics. It's like 60 pages. Tops. I'm sure. I'm sure there are great authors out there and great writers who wrote wonderful stories about Hawk people. I'm sure there is. I want to find the one, one Hawk story that'll convert you, oh or my. at least make you say, "Okay, yeah." Uh, yeah, you know what? Please try that. I get it. I, I'll, I'll, I just, I don't know why. And I when like I say it. I take up the challenge, I mean all the listeners are taking up the, cha- the challenge. <laughs> Everyone who's listening, take up the challenge. You know what? I will there read There are Hawkman fans listening. I know this for a fact. <laughs> I do want to like them. I'm hearing myself speak. <laughs> I do want to like them. I do want to like them, but okay. I just can't. I, it's... Well, they're not in this. They're not so, in this. Lucky you. But you know the the new legends. I kind of like Citizen Steel. He's kind of kind of weird. He's kind of too loosey goosey for me right now. But the, he's trying to find this uh, yeah. uh, this his his you know his persona. He's trying to find himself. Uh, I think as an actor and as a character. And I really like Vixen. I like the way she's from the past, and you know she's part of the JSA, and I love the JSA, uh, even if Hawkman was in there. And you know, so I, uh, she was in the Jail Detroit. In the Detroit League. So was Vibe and Citizen Steel. So basically, this was a Jail Detroit episode. Well, it wasn't Citizen Steel. It was just Steel. Oh yeah, it's just Steel then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're all connected. He was just steel, right? Just steel. So you don't have to say, "Hey, I'm Citizen Bass, and this is Citizen Discord." <laughs> you just say, "Yeah, I'm." I'm, sounds, I'm like, Bass. sounds like we're living in Orwell's 1984. <laughs> well, you know, 
<laughs> so, I mean, Steel shouldn't have to say Citizen Steel, but there's another Steel out there, maybe in the super universe, eventually. You know, they go back in time. They fight Dominators. They come back. They And then they meet the same Dominator. Yeah, exactly. He says, I came back because uh, I'm good. Well, he spares their lives and then, yeah. Okay, so then the, the big bit that is from the original Invasion story is we haven't gotten to that yet, but yeah. the Dominators eventually deploy. The gene bomb. Yeah, exactly. To that affects presumably the meta gene. So here it's called the meta bomb instead of the gene bomb. Something was in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, gene bomb is kind of uh, it's kind of wide because we all have genes. True. And if you don't have genes, you maybe you're wearing genes, and they, you don't want those to explode either. So so the meta bomb. Meta bomb. I was fine with meta bomb. Right. And then they, they've got ships all over the planet, and I thought they missed a trick as far as. Easter eggs or referencing because when you see the map of the world, they've got there's little triangles wherever there's a mothership, mm-hmm. and it's just supposed to be some sort of distraction, really, because they're just dropping a bomb, yeah, while floating over every big city. There is no triangle over Australia, there's no triangle over Melbourne. I know, oh god, there was nothing about Australia. Like, I wish Melbourne had been blown up at least in the something. invasion, you know, something not because you know the fine people of Melbourne. Do not. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you I, don't I, deserve this. No, absolutely not. Although but, you do have big ass spiders, and I mean that's and maybe just, that's a reason to bomb. That's a, there's a meta problem in <laughs> the, the in meta Australia. Bomb. I don't need Melbourne to be destroyed, but I feel like there's a city that should have been a sort of casualty. Yeah, uh, and that's been replaced with the killing of a uh, president we don't know yeah uh, to be replaced by a, a female vp who becomes president in his absence and there's you know she gets an appearance at the end i don't know that's a reference to the political climate but yeah the, so the bomb like the, they drop the bomb in the comics the bomb does explode yeah it, it does. does affect many humans yes it does it does eventually lead to transformations yeah deaths um you know different people yeah react some, differently some people die some people don't some people some are people their powers change. change yeah um you know a good example of that uh, that's you know well known if you read comics from before and after is fire mm-hmm. from the justice league who uh, originally could breathe out a short burst of like eight inches of flame uh and then well she was Flame Maiden or something like that uh, back then or yeah, green, fire, flame, green, green flame green flame and then she becomes you know basically the human torch yeah. in green or the fully yeah. fiery body which is awesome which is great she needed to be you know fully powered yeah to make her more Justice League material exactly so her powers were changed for the better a lot of the times when you use a crossover to your advantage uh, you make changes come out of that you kill off characters you don't want. Yeah, you know, or, like you in this one, we kind of all wanted Diggle to die. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm Diggle. kidding. Uh, <laughs> we all love Diggle. I don't think I would have killed anyone in the, no, no, of in course not. Those casts. Well, maybe one or two. I, nah, I'm fine. I would have killed off the Hawk people, but oh you know, yeah, but they, they weren't just, there. But they're not there. So yeah, but you could you could have to, you know brought in that would have been a cute bit where you brought, bring in a new character just to get killed off. Well, they, yeah. they 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 had that opportunity where you know uh, that the invaders are everywhere on Earth. But there are only metahumans in two mm-hmm. cities. So you could have shown... You could have shown, like, a superhero too far from Melbourne, maybe. Or, you know, you could have had Tasmanian Devil in there and yeah. kill him. You know, why not? You know, you could have... They could have. There's there's a lot of could have. Yeah. There's a lot of could have. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. So they don't... Well, here, the bomb does not explode. No, it doesn't. They have the Deus Ex Machina, the thing. Uh, Firestorm basically wishes the bomb away. You know, disassembles the bomb. Yeah. Well, this is the first time I've seen him uh, do that. Uh, well, change you matter. know, the, yeah, change matter in the show. 
And I don't remember seeing him doing it uh, beforehand. He changed the bomb into water. It's the same idea where you're changing the powers of some characters, but it's just happening naturally. This was an opportunity for the bomb to explode and transform people. So it doesn't really work right. It doesn't kill the metahumans. Or perhaps you still have Firestorm try try to change the matrix of it. And he changes just enough for it to malfunction. And and yeah. And then it doesn't kill people, but it it makes them you know it like zaps them. It doesn't affect a lot of people. Supergirl is not a no. metahuman, uh, so it's like the flashes. Yeah. And um, who, else? who else? I mean, Vixen's powers are magical. Magical. I don't know from her. Citizen Steel is that is he like mechanical? Uh no no that's is he a, a cyborg or is that like a power? No that's a power. Okay so you can that's a power you so can affect him. Could have had him uh, could, Firestorm. Firestorm obviously. Um, and then you could have made him more of a vibe, vibe, and 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 Killer Frost. Killer Frost, right? Could have, could have, they could have ended that weird plot thing with Killer Frost right there, where she could have controlled and her powers. One of the things that happened with the original Gene Bomb is that it gave powers to people who had the metagene, but it wasn't activated. Yeah, because the metagene's in there, but it's not necessarily activated. You can go your whole life being a metahuman, right. but not having any powers. And they do... I mean, the Flash show already has that engine, you know? They, yeah. They've already well, got a way to create metahumans. That's what happened when the uh, the, the the thing there in Flash... It blew up. Yeah. yeah, when it blew up. That was that's a gene bomb happened. effect. It so was. if you have a gene bomb that like would have triggered, perhaps, some of the characters in the cast, mm-hmm. in one of the casts, you could change drastically so that there's like a pre-invasion and then there's post-invasion. Yeah. And post-invasion things are noticeably different. Are they? I don't think After all this? No, I don't think there will be any different. Um, Not really. It solved arcs that would have been solved anyway. I mean, it's like, you know, Barry would have stopped angsting about Flashpoint and Vibe would have forgiven him eventually. Yeah, it... It It just happens during Invasion. Yeah, it tied up a couple knots there or or a couple loose ends. Uh, But I don't think anybody comes away with it uh, or comes away from it changed. And it could have been really nice to see people, you know, like, uh, I, I'm I'm using Diggle right here, but, you know, Diggle's always like, oh my god, this is always weird when Barry's around and superhumans and I can't wrap my head around this. But what if Diggle actually had something? You know, what if Diggle's an actual metahuman right. and then the gene bomb just set it off? Right. It doesn't have to be like a big power. No. Or, and it could be something uncontrolled and it can be something that he fixes later. Yeah. You know, maybe you're giving powers to Lila. Argus is in the DOA, but the yeah. DOA in the comics, the agent that we know best from the comics in the 90s, I guess, is uh, Cameron Chase. And Chase was like this normal woman, feels a lot like the Lila character in a way. But she had a power that she didn't really control that sort of affected the powers of others. Okay. So she's investigating powers, but she also has like a nullification effect. But you could have like a sort of low-key power. Of course. You know, they, and maybe maybe transform like you know, Mister Terrific's kind of smart. What and if? He's, and he's an Olympian. But what if just just this just made him a little bit stronger and just a little bit smarter? He could still be funny, but actually be useful. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. right now I I love Mister Terrific in the comics, and I I get it. He's the smart, quirky one, and that's fine. I don't mind that. But kind of get sad when the only thing Mister Terrific does is. Get beat up. Okay. <laughs> I, I like him to, you know, fight yeah. back a little bit. And he's always just getting beat up. Because there are powers that are definitely superpowers. Yeah. But don't have a manifestation that would make them, that would break a show. Absolutely. Like, he's an arrow. Yeah. So, it's a, like, it's a more gritty show. It's a, it's not a show yeah. with many powers. When they do have super-ish abilities, it's usually 
very physical. They're, you know, it's about the fighting. The fighting is heightened, buffy stuff. Absolutely. So, you know, it could have been something like that, like heightened abilities where he's making leaps of deductions that are impossible. Yeah. He can now create technology that would normally be impossible. Well, he's, he's already almost there. That's the thing. See, so you just, can just like, it, just that little push whoop. where all of a sudden, you know what? He finds a way to, you know, make his mask control the T-spheres. And Mad Dog seems so angry about metahumans and then what if he had yeah. like a burst of power suddenly? And, you know, so it, they could have used that to, it does, it doesn't to have fuel to be stories. a huge power. It can just be, you know, like... Uh, super strategy where he kind of always knows where everybody is, you know, where he, he could run point all of a sudden. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be huge. It, it doesn't have to be Firestorm level or Citizen Steel level powers. It can be, you know, the small things. And perhaps you take one of these characters, you could have d done that to one of the characters and then shuffle them off into Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Where he's better suited, and then the crossover creates an opportunity for someone to join a team yeah. and move on to another show. Especially oh, yeah. since they're auditioning a lot of these vigilantes. Uh, that's what you know. Yeah. Is why are all these people now in the Arrow team or the Flash team? Let's let's finally uh, let's finally push Killer Frost into the um, into full, full superheroics, and then she's off to Legends. And then, yeah, exactly. Because uh, right now in the in the Arrow show, we have like uh, Felicity and. You know, Mr. Terrific, who is action Felicity. Yeah, they have you know, both and, the same and they have skill set. Arrow and, you know, Artemis, but they're basically the same person. You know, and, and Mad Dog is Arrow with guns. You're not going to take Diggle out of Arrow. You're not going to take yeah. Felicity out of Arrow. Exactly. But you can take some of these other characters. Yeah. Similarly, maybe you can't take Killer Frost, why well, I'm calling her that, but um, you, you can't take her out of Flash because she's one of the original cast. Exactly. And yet. And yet. And yet. They didn't do any of that. In fact, and... My last point on Legends of Tomorrow is that I can I feel kind of bad for that show. It started out um, at the beginning of the episode where it was very true to their own show, where mm -hmm. they find an excuse to time travel, which is their own thing. We've got time travel capability. Let's use it to fight the invasion. Great. But then the coda of the show, the last scene of the show, is between Arrow and Flash. Yeah. And they're not included. They're not anywhere. No. So it's the end of invasion, and it's, you know, uh, sort of the, the two main heroes hanging out after everyone's left, but that's not a scene that belongs in... In Legends. In Legends. Yeah. So I felt kind of sorry for the, the show that they got co-opted by Flash and Arrow. Yeah. Well, I think the Flash... The Flash show and the Legends show was uh, true... Well, not... Was really mixed up. This is where the, all the mix-up went in. Two bookends, the the Flash and, and Legends of Tomorrow, were basically Flash show. They were basically the continuation of the Flash-Arrow crossover from last year. Mm -hmm. And and that it didn't really bother me because that's how it kind of felt the whole because you know the Flash show was a Flash show but it, it kind of felt like the Legends show was also became a Flash show so I you know I thought well you know what all right I don't I don't hate seeing Barry and and Ollie talk because they're the two big ones the two big guns from that universe but yeah it, it kind of felt like it wasn't a Legends show it's just that one was pure crossover. Everybody's in there and we're taking over type thing. One thing I do like about Invasion, the comic book, is that every comic book, until now, always feels like their own comic book within the Invasion. And that's one of the things I do like about this. You know, when we read the Atom, I felt like I was reading an Atom comic book and Invasion was in there. I, I didn't feel like the Atom was 
part of the invasion, but the invasion was invading Adam. And there, there's kind of a... Yeah, that's a, a nice way to put it. And I think, you know, in a perfect world where they're thinking a little, bit, a little bit more outside the box, you've got your four shows. Yeah. They exist. And then you'd have... And maybe you'd have a hint of invasion. And then you'd have like a TV movie yeah. kind of thing. And in the TV movie, all the heroes join up. It doesn't matter... Uh, you know what order they're in. If it is a arrow arrow flash story, mm-hmm. and then it ends with a flash arrow coda, that's fine. The the movie itself can be about any of these heroes. But now that since they're weaving in and out of other people's shows, I think generally the main characters of that show were the stars of that show. Yeah, with the others being guest stars, except for the legends. Except for the yeah, and even legends, it's true. Yeah. I mean, they've got the whole mission in the past, but. Uh, in the end, like the, the the second half of that show, really is yeah. everybody's game, and but you know it's Firestorm who solves the thing, and yeah. so it still caters to those characters more. Yeah, and then you've got that weird coda. One of the things I did like about this whole crossover, and at the same time, this is one of the things I do not like about these types of things, is uh, a little bit of these moments instead of scenes type things, where we do have these. Incredible moments where we have these comic book come togethers, where we have, you know, the flying superheroes and we have these beautiful images, but they're just moments who are caught on camera, but they're not really part of any scene with substantial, you know, plot or devices or, or for some odd reason, you know, just substance. And, And it's enough that we see them together. It doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, I, I, and I don't hate seeing these moments. I just like when these moments are also filled with actual substance. Like, they, it will add to just the goosebumps. Because I did get goosebumps in these things, you know. When I saw Barry, you know, just vibrate and Supergirl went through him. Or the moment he said, you know, let's see who's fastest. These are great moments, but they have to be built into a scene. They can't be just moments on their own. And, and, and moments on their own always leave me feeling empty. I just I like the moment, but then I feel kind of sad because it's just a moment. It's like a picture all of a sudden, and I I don't like that. I, I like to see you know it's we have only uh, you know 43 minutes. We have to fill that up with more substance. Everything has to be great, and seeing just these moments and I love them. But when we have too many of them, it only feels like a, like a trailer, and mm. I, I I don't really like that. I like to see these things happen with substance and everything and we had a couple of these i mean it's a it's something that happens a lot with and it was my real problem with the whole batman v superman thing where we have a lot of moments you know we have capes (laughs) and we have slow motions and i i love seeing that but it has to be part of a scene a real scene with with meat well, you're an actor, so... Well, yeah, but, you know, I'm still somebody who likes... You're an actor, so obviously you're prejudiced. And I'm a writer, so obviously I'm prejudiced. Well, you know, I mean, you know when you're in the scene and it gives you goosebumps while you're in that scene. And, and I think we did have one some of these moments, but all of these moments would have, should have been like that. And we can't put aside substance for just looks. And the looks were great, and I loved the fights, but it has to be more than that. That's my little beef on it, but I did have goosebumps with this thing. I, I was I was happy to just see you know all the you know the flashing logos just flash one up on top of another because I mean I'm a fanboy. I love these things. What about uh, Brandon Routh who you know, mentions a, you know what I she love like my cousin or <laughs> I love Brandon Routh in everything. If I knew on what server he played, wow, 
I would beg to be in his guild. Because, yeah, I just love that guy. I liked him as Superman. I like him now. She looks like, you know, oh, it's like looking in a mirror. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And she looks just like my cousin. And he kind of catches himself saying that. And he, he does this funny Jim from the office face. I loved it. I wasn't weirded out. I don't get that. Superman was always <laughs> trying to trying to grope Supergirl in the comic books in the 50s. And I'm not weirded out from, by that. Although Felicity has like this self-image issue, though. Because, you know, I mean, she's nice and everything. She's not Supergirl. Come on, Felicity. No, I think she responded to the... Uh... Kara Danvers. Or, of course she did. Of persona. Course. Of course Sweaters she did. and glasses. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they dress the same. Oh, yeah. That's what she meant then. I think Felicity's a little bit full of herself, but, you know. So generally, Invasion for you was? A lot of fun. It. I don't see it as Invasion. I see it as an Invasion. I did find the Dominators cool, but I do not think these are the Dominators that should have probably been in the show. I like my Dominators with the green robes and the thinking Dominators, and they probably would have left the uh, the Kuns do all the heavy lifting, and you know, probably would have been cheaper having Kuns, but uh, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But I did like the look. We didn't get to know any of the uh, Dominators... Uh, culture or or like we do in the comic book because in the comic books we kind of get a glimpse of these people's how they live the hierarchy and you know the thing with the the you know the circle on their foreheads it's not just a mind control thing it's not even a mind it's control not thing. at all yeah the size of the dot indicates the the importance of the well of as the soon as you put clothes on someone you you're inferring a culture yeah here they're just naked aliens i always have a problem with naked aliens because aliens are smart aliens that come over in a spaceship they're smart they're smarter than we are because we can't do that they have to have a culture they have to have clothes and they have to so that's not i i i thought it was cool seeing you know dominators running all over the place it was cool to look at but it didn't have that that substance it didn't have a, a, a meaning and it for for me it just popped up questions like why are they naked is that an exoskeleton is that really how they look are we looking at something else what 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 is this why are why are they naked they didn't seem smart i didn't believe that they build these uh spaceships and the mind control things i just don't believe they they're too much it. like monsters they are monsters you know the big teeth Maybe the teeth are not really there to be, maybe they're there to be scary, but maybe they're there because the food they eat, maybe they're filters, maybe they're not teeth, you know? We don't know this in, in the comic book, you know? We, we, we see big pointy teeth and, you know, they, they, they're all ugly, but we don't know how they eat. Well, here, they look just like savages who have, you know, great technology. Who built this thing? Why are they in space? How can they, how can they build a gene bomb? So, you know, that's why I didn't really... I thought it were cool, but they weren't what the Dominators should have been. They should have been smart. They should have had, like, these big gooning gorilla people, the, the Kuns, come over and just, you know, beat on the ground, puff their chests, and, you know, give a run for Supergirl's money. And that's what I think. I mean, I get that the Kuns, they're kind of like the Klingon from Star Trek. You know, they probably look like a people who got technology from somebody else and now they just use it and, you know, they got to control it and they built some more. 
but they didn't develop it on their own and they have this this barbaric more you know warlike people I get it. These dominators, they figure out Flashpoint and they come over and they're not from here. I mean, they're not from Saturn or anything. They're from another galaxy, probably. I don't know. So how did they get here? And I'm, I'm not believing that these dominators did that. Well, they're just, it's part of the, um, there's too so much happening. So little can be explained that, you know, in the context of the show, these yeah. are unanswered questions. Some of them are important. Some of them are just kind of bug you for me the crossover was um well i think you made frustrating (laughs) you made it pretty clear yeah i kind of played devil's advocate as a once i start to rant sounds amusing to me so i I ran some more it is amusing (laughs) i love it i did not have a visceral as visceral a reaction as i sort of made it out to be Um, (laughs) watching it i was taking notes and yeah eat a little piece of cheese and you know just talking about it the frustration comes out because here, I'm I'm not I did not dislike it as much as say a Fire and Water's uh, irredeemable shag. He didn't like it at all. No, he actually even left a comment. Oh, really? So when we do the um, listener feedback later. But you know what? I was really entertained though. I was entertained, and a lot of a lot of these little uh, pleasure centers were touched. You know. But you can't just touch the pleasure centers. You know, you have to give something more. And I think you touched a really nice point there when you say that after the invasion, nothing really comes from it. You know, there's, that we, there's know. No, that we know. But there might be fallout. Right now, we I'm not expecting any fallout. But now aliens exist in that world. Now they we do. can have other invasions. Now they can return en masse. Now maybe the, the the gene bomb technology is out there. Maybe. maybe you know... Who knows? It's a lot of maybes. I, I mean, I'm fine with maybes. It's a lot of maybes. We might have to talk about Fallout uh, like in a year from now. Yeah, actually, if there is any, we should. Short break number two, and then when we come back, letters from the front. Justice League International, Blah Ha Podcast. A new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue in release order tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter Batman Doctor Fate Black Canary Fire Ice Maxwell Lord Oberon Captain Marvel Rocket Red, Captain Adam, Mr. Miracle, Guy Gardner, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Nort, and many, many more. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast, coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Letters from the front. Letters from the front, These... episode 15's stuff. This was the... Uh... Starman episode. Starman episode. Oh, cool. All right. Starman number five. First of all, there is a Starman dedicated podcast out there. The okay. uh, Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour by um, uh, Aaron Head Moss. And he's doing episodes on these two characters, Starman Manhunter, and he's reviewing those those series, including the Will Payton Starman of the uh, late 80s. Cool. And uh, it just, our episode came out, and then his episode came out uh, of, of the same comic where he really? covered the same he covered a part of invasion so he okay. covered like the first issue of invasion and he covered uh the, that starman appearance okay. and the firestorm one as well because they're 
you know, they happen at the same time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, I guess in another episode, he's going to do the Manhunter side of it because that's his other fetish character. And he made sure to run our promo very early in the show and uh, referred to First Strike several times. So thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully when we do the, the Starman number six <laughs> and the next Manhunter uh, episode as well, uh, you'll be there to, to listen. And I, you know, I hope we're covering your characters well. Well, I'll be checking out uh, that podcast. So uh, the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. That's it. I'll, I'll be, yeah, I'll be checking that out. It's on iTunes and other platforms. Uh, let's see. Facebook comments. Someone who discovered the our show mm-hmm. because of the Invasion crossover oh, on cool. TV. So, at the very least. Well, at the very least, it served its purpose. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Mike Hargreaves who uh, said, Just found out about your podcast. The crossover was where a 15-year-old me started with comic collecting. Thought it was a great story. Love your coverage. The TV show crossover got me interested in digging out my old issues. And in turn, tracked you down. Thanks for doing this. Uh, and then you listen. That was like he left a comment, and then a week later he listened to all 15 episodes. Oh wow! <laughs> and chimed back in. <laughs> well done, Mike. And uh, now he's always uh, making sure to pick up any tie-ins when he sees them in bargain bins. Sweet. And a lot of them would be uh, at your better comic book stores. On the blog, fireandwaterpodcast.com. There's a lot of discussion, and you can join in that discussion. Leave yeah. comments about this one and other episodes. Yeah, please do. Actually, it's a great place to discuss all of this. And I'm reading highlights, fairly complete highlights, but um, still, there's even more there to read if you're interested. Uh, we have Chris Franklin from from the network, obviously, from Supermates and Nightcast now. Mm-hmm. says, uh, what? No mention of Shag's peanut butter and jelly designation for Peyton's original costume? I thought it was in our fire and water contracts. <laughs> I don't listen to Shag when he, when he talks, so <laughs> I don't remember that reference. Uh, but it is it is kind of that color. Yeah, but I love peanut butter and jelly. He also says, poor Will, for a character that was still pretty new when Robinson finally got around to him in his, in his Starman, the guy had like three origins. If only some podcast would chronicle those James Robinson, Tony Harris, Jack Knight, Starman comics, but who? Oh, wait. Signed, Chris Franklin, co-host of Superman's podcast featuring the Starman Chronicle series. Which is something <laughs> I, you know, we weren't talking about Jack Knight, really. We did mention it quite a lot, but yeah. we were talking about Will Payton, which is, uh, so my bad for not mentioning that Supermates does quite a lot of episodes okay. uh, indexing that great series. Ryan Daly, also from, Night, from Nightcast, also uh, pff, Fishnets and whatever's. Uh, Fishnets and Star Wars. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Fishnets and Star Wars. Fish, whoa, whoa, that's nice. The, uh, he says, the original Starman, Ted Knight, is one of my favorite heroes from the Golden Age. Me too. Amazing character design, red costume with a fin on the skull cap, like my beloved Adam Strange. Mm-hmm. Simple star emblem on the chest, gun holster at the hip, and a basic cylindrical-shaped weapon like something Doctor Who or a Jedi would wield. Classic pulp look and feel that straddles the Mystery Man and 50s sci-fi modes. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites also. Uh, I love that Ted Knight has this open face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you see all of his face, which is a, a weird thing. We never see that in comic books, or hardly ever now, but you see his whole face so it's very well everybody recognizes me by my haircut anyway <laughs> but it's it's great <laughs> i loved it also um michelle fief says referring to tom lyle as an it artist was funny a lot of people talk, took me to task on that <laughs> uh, i suppose he was if you stretch out the meaning even though i have a soft spot for lyle because of all the great robin meanies he drew his specific awkwardness doesn't generally do it for me and i oftentimes respond well to awkward styles 
similar to Jim Valentino, for example, Lyle's work just looks like he never felt comfortable drawing, like it was always a profound struggle. The fact that, as a rookie, his underdeveloped idiosyncrasies were on display don't make these Starman comics any fun to look at. Okay. He also says, same with the previous comic you covered, Power of the Atom, uh, a slog to get through. Uh, I've never been a fan of Nolan's toothless rendering, and his earlier work really reflects that sort of blindness, no matter who the inker was. Oddly enough, uh, Roger Stern was writing Starman, Adam, and Ditko's Speedball simultaneously for almost a year. All three titles share the, that old-fashioned, back-to-basics approach to superheroics. Stern was basically a one-man war on the oncoming 90s. Too bad only one of his three soldiers was a master cartoonist. Frank agrees with him. <laughs> Frank agrees with him. Um, Diablo Frank, of course, who says, uh, among other things, he says, uh, Will Payton came along during that sour spot when I was... Exiting my DC reading after the post-crisis buzz wore off and before I was drawn back with Titan's Hunt. I thought he looked awful and served no purpose. In retrospect, with all I've learned about Peyton in the decades since, I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I love his setup. (laughs) His power set is completely generic, except for the mild shape-shifting, making him a third option to pretend to be Clark Kent or Superman in an identity jam if the Matrix, Supergirl, or John Jones were busy and super speed clothes changes were out. As I've often noted, DC is plenty well-stocked on white guys of all ages, but especially 20-somethings. So he brought nothing to the diversity table. Then again, the only friend I knew who bought a single issue of the book when it came out was black. So what do I know? I'm going to have to agree with Michel Fief on Tom Lyle. This is the part. It says, The only book I've ever liked him on was The Comet, and Impact was the rare sort of line where Lyle could have been considered an it artist. More likely, uh, Tim Drake being um, marketed heavily as the new Robin in a solo outing at the peak of the speculator boom carried Tom Lyle with him. But then he jumped ship before the long-running and quite successful ongoing series in favor of getting laid off along with others responsible for Clone Saga, Spider-Man comics, and soon after leaving the industry. Uh, Worse, they launched the Robin ongoing with Tom Grummet, an undersung hero of DC's Chromium Age, so nobody missed Lyle on a property he helped develop. And the thing is... I don't dislike Lyle's work, with the exception of Starman, but I'm not moved by it either. I don't have much to say about these things because this is all over my head. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> That's where Frank flies. This is where it went. <laughs> yeah. Although, when I listen to Frank, yeah. I'm often really I'm agreeing with him. Oh, yeah. Lot. He's very yeah. convincing. Oh, my God. Yeah. He actually put me off uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> For shame. I, I cannot now not see it. As a misogynist film. Anyway. Uh, oh, because of the underpowered Gamora? Um, it's more than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you got to listen to that episode. It's, uh, well. Or, I don't know if I don't want to. Or don't. If you don't want to. If you want the. I, I want might the film, just want to live in, in, you know. Yeah. If you want the film ruined, listen to that episode. But he makes some very good points. But uh, but it has a raccoon. Uh, yeah. Fox. With a, you know, Brooklyn accent. I love it. <laughs> Jimmy McGlinchey says the Will Payton character was someone I only came across irregularly, apart from the from a humorous JLA issue where Guy Gardner and Will have a massive dust up as Guy offered Starman membership of the J- in the JLI, and his role in the Superman storyline Crisis of the Crimson Kryptonite, which I'd mentioned. The main storyline I know him from really was Eclipso, the Darkness Within crossover where Giffen and Fleming had Eclipso turn Starman and use his shape-shifting powers to A, disguise the fact that he was eclipsed, and B, infiltrate other heroes to eclipse them. So it wasn't a, a great moment I, I for him. I think that's that's pretty much what happens to a lot of people. Will Payton just kind of just was there, but nobody really cared. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of sad when the a character uh, loses a series and then they decide to just kill him off. But that's kill him off or ruin him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Blue Beetle and Booster Gold lose their series, they've already been put into the Justice League, so they live on. Yeah, but a character like Starman who has a name that they want to use for something else. Yeah, because it's he's basically a legacy hero. I yeah. mean, Starman is Starman is Starman. So you got to get, get rid of him to have Jack yeah. Knight in our, in their case. Uh, Michael Bailey. Uh, says, uh, Will Payton is one of my favorite non-Magnificent Seven DC characters. Ah, well, there you go. So you have the opposite side here. Uh, he says, In 1997, I finally broke down and bought the entire series and found it to be an extremely enjoyable read. I am a mark for Roger Stern, and while I like the Tom Lyle art, I was also fond of Dave Hoover's work on the title later. Hmm. Uh, the fact that I liked Will so much isn't surprising. He was a fairly straight-ahead superhero that did the right thing because it was the right thing to do. He had a great supporting cast, and he was likable even after finding out the truth behind his powers. Stern brought in Kitty Faulkner, a Superman character that was I was also fond of, and for a while, she was a nice addition to his support system. Plus, it was cool to see Rampage again. Will's ultimate fate was extremely disappointing and was a waste of a good character. This is the thing. They could always, like, change his name. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it happened to a lot of people. Guy Gardner was everything. He was just... He was a... What, what do you call it? What was his race or his gene splice thing where he became... A warrior? Warrior? Well, that was... That was I just, <laughs> Bizarre. What, what the... But, you know, yeah. Gardner... Guy Gardner still is Guy Gardner. Still is Guy Gardner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shag also likes Will Payton. Says, uh, hooray, the Will Payton star man. Love this character. I've told the story many times, so I won't cover the details here. Uh, but this Will Payton Starman series is responsible for pulling me back from the mature, edgy Vertigo books back to enjoying superhero comics again. Oh, wow. Well, that's... Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, you don't need to choose. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to. You can like both. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Joys in both. One of the things Stern was going for was to create a new, young, likable hero, sort of like Firestorm in his early years, and have him be somewhat meta about being a hero. Peyton knew he was a new superhero in a world full of superheroes, so he would frequently compare his actions to Superman. What would Superman do? Made it fun to watch him try and figure out the whole superhero business. He was simple, straightforward hero that deserved a, si- a simple, straightforward identity. They didn't need to bog it down with retcons, death, and resurrection transformation. And then he says, uh, still loving this podcast, great comic, great coverage, and 100% better than the CW Invasion crossover episodes, yuck. <laughs> I won't say what he said on private chat, but in private chat, he destroyed the thing. And I think he, he liked it far less than I did. Because, you know what, I think when they called it Invasion... A lot of hopes went up. I mean, when we heard about it, we were all like, ooh, what, what, are they going to be coons? And, and is the, you know, is everybody in there? And I'm going to stop doing the voice because it was kind of annoying and I annoyed myself. But, you know, we we're all like, what's going to happen? What's, are they going to bring the, you know, we were going off to the Legion of Superheroes and we were doing everything. Yeah. We but were thinking, of, you know, it was a lot. Way outside yeah. the box. But, you know, one thing we should learn as, you know, comic book nerds, is that adaptations and reimagination and it's always out there and and sometimes we got our hopes up and we don't get what we and hope. we have got acknowledged that yeah. you know they've got budget restrictions they've got story restrictions big time they're inserting this but they're, they've also got to move forward with their shows it may be enough that they introduced aliens to the Arrowverse you know all of that is maybe once I watch the season in full yeah. like in a year from now <laughs> then perhaps inside of that season inside of that show it'll probably like play better 
Yeah, but well, that's always like what happens, right? You, our desires and and what we think should happen in our minds, and we don't have these budget restrictions, and we don't have actor contracts and and writer contracts, and we don't yeah. have all that. Right. We only have which, imagination. Which actors can we have there and not? Exactly. Yeah, that's not. You know, why couldn't we have everybody from the Arrowverse? Why couldn't we have Monel and and John Jones and everybody from Supergirl? Why couldn't we have it? Probably, you know, because we didn't have the money. Yeah, we or... had to create these naked, you know, Dominators running around. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying that's what bugged me. But uh, but you know, it, it's it's not a perfect thing, and we we get what we think we should. Maybe I don't know. I hope they we get something. I, I hope they like they've you know they've, they've sort of broken that wall now. Oh, I let's hope do so. something where all the shows are participate. Now maybe next time they want to go bigger and actually have something that lasts more than an episode apiece and just have it like brew in the background. I'm, somebody's going to be coughing up money. Like I don't want to see. Things. I don't want to see legends. But let's say you're doing legends where you know people are starting to get pissed at heroes yeah. uh, in the background, and it's all a glorious Godfrey figure. I'm not saying I want the new gods in the Arrowverse. Well, I, I want the new gods. I want the new gods everywhere, new gods, but, but, you know. You know yeah. Let's say it's a glorious Godfrey figure, you know, a convincer, a manipulator. Yeah. And it's happening in all the series. It's not just in Starlings. It's happening everywhere. That kind of thing could work. Absolutely. So maybe now they've, they've just okay. Well, now we've tested the waters. Maybe we can do something bigger, something more long-lasting. And and I do think that's what's going to happen. They want to make sure as well because they've got a lot of people watching these shows who are not the comic book fans. Exactly. And are we going to lose these people? You can't because you, we don't want to lose them while they have to go from one show to the other. And if it's too complex, yeah, watching it week to week. You know, you're you're losing a certain part of the audience. Absolutely. So I we understand completely how all of this happened, and I you know I I'm not disappointed. I'm frustrated <laughs> with and that's a big with the messy the messiness of the writing. I think the writing could have been stronger, but I'm not disappointed that yes, it's too bad there's no uh, Alien Alliance. I'm yeah. not disappointed. You know what? Maybe I understand. I don't. I don't know if it was rushed. I thought it was going to be like at season's ends, not mid-season. Mm-hmm. You know, pre-mid-season finales. Um, so I was thinking this was all going to happen at the end right. of the, like in March. Yeah, closer to you know the spring. So that's I was kind of surprised that it came out so quickly. There might be some reasons for that. I don't know. But, of course, if they did push it back a bit more further, maybe they could have, you know, plugged in those plot holes. They, they could have went another way. But, you know, they, they still did a four-show crossover, which is fucking incredible. <laughs> I just sweared there. <laughs> I don't swear a lot. God damn it, this was great. But I swore the whole way through. <laughs> I know. But, you know, next year, there will be another crossover. That's for sure. And the people who are putting money in there probably will want to put some more money in there. Because, you know, they're they're just proving their chops. They're, the proof is in the pudding, and they have great pudding. So people want to, you know, put money in pudding. This is disgusting, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, let's uh, move on with the comments. Yeah, yeah. I got tagged a lot about Fidel Castro's death and that he appeared in Invasion in the, yeah. Flash, um, in the Flash series, in the Flash and Manhunter series. Uh, everybody started to tell me, hey, I follow the news. <laughs> yeah, Thank he, you. He's in there. <laughs> it was kind of a weird, how do I respond to this? <laughs> oh, no, an invasion character died. He, yeah, he was, <laughs> if you will. If you will. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everyone who uh, thought of us in these 
hard times. Uh, <laughs> well, we don't really. Well, not that we don't care, but no, he no. was. I mean, he was old. Yeah, yeah. He was like what, 155? <laughs> I think he'd been. Uh, he's you know, been sick for at least 10 years. And uh, he was. Uh, he was running. He's been running Cuba since. Uh, since Christopher, Col- was... since Christopher Columbus <laughs> landed, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, on yeah. the island. <laughs> so you know, it's kind of normal. He's uh, he died. I'm not a, a clairvoyant, but when you're old and you're sick, things kind of happen sometimes. We can't do invasion today as it was scripted. No, see? We, we cannot because there is no Fidel Castro. Because of that, also no Soviet Union. Yeah. Also, we have Australia. Which we didn't have back then. It was a fairy tale land where Melbourne is, you know, destroyed. Well, all we knew about Australia back then was Crocodile Dundee. That's it. Yeah, and Since he's then we've had and he's in fair. the he's and in, he's actually in the crossover. He's in the crossover. Okay, so uh, after that, there's like Facebook likes and shares. Okay, from uh, Robert Ward, Gene Hendricks, Ryan Daly, Sam Lowe, Shag Matthews. Daniel Budnick, Sean Emmons, Pat Sampson, Rob Kelly, Chris Franklin, Alan Middleton, Nicholas Prom, Jason Pope, David Foster, Abadaba, Jeremy Gunter, Michael Bailey, and George Amaru. And then Twitter retweets and favorites from the Rad Network, that's um, that's the Sutherlands, Cindy Womack, Film and Water Comics, Treasury Comics, Callum Nogger, John D. Knoll, Comic Reflections, Joe Crawford, Jen X-Wing Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, Silver and Gold, Greg A., Coffee and Comics Blog, Bill Beer, Michelle Fief, Vinton, Comics Wonk, Keiji Baker, Mike Ratliff, Batches Ballone, Comic Book Insurance, Isabella S. Lopes, or Lopez, Supergirl, Cam L, Mary Terrell, Hardline, Rolled Spine Podcast. That's and that's the end, it? That's the end of my uh, the, the column, but a lot of new names. Yeah, thank and you very think, much. Yeah, and I think it's because of the, the Invasion show. It so, is, yeah. So I hope I didn't um, turn you off the podcast because I didn't like those specific episodes <laughs> all that much. Well, I did. As much as I wanted. I, I did like them more than he did, so, you know, you shouldn't be turned off because, yeah, I'm a turn-on type guy. Yeah, I'm a turn-off type guy, it's clearly. That's, that's how we work. <laughs> Best turns them on. I just yeah. I just walk behind him and turn him off. Turn him off. <laughs> <laughs> it's his power. It's his curse. <laughs> Next time, for real. This time. Next time on First Strike, the Invasion Podcast, Swamp Thing number eighty-one. So that's a short history of steel. Yeah. It's also a very strong uh, alloy.